This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Thank you for listening in to today's War Room Moment. Today I have a good friend, Myrna King, uh, live with us today. Welcome to the show, Myrna. Hi there, Jason. How's it going? I'm so excited to be in the War Room. Yeah. I, I forgot my face paint room. and my dungarees, oh, yeah. but you know. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time. Next time. I'll be dressed and ready. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I have a different kind of war room suit nowadays. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, hey, thanks for being here. And just to kind of get started, tell people a little bit about you, what you do, and what your superpower is. Oh, my superpower. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I appreciate the opportunity. So, um, I'm a, a consultant and a coach. Uh, I work with business and personal challenges with people. And we'll talk a little bit about how I see that blended together today. But um, yeah, I worked as a consultant for years. I owned small businesses for years. And then about 10 years ago, I added coaching just because I saw a need to kind of uh, blend out, not just here's how you get it done. Sort of the old model of you can give people fish, which was kind of consulting, or teach them to fish, which is kind of coaching. So I thought I should be able to do both. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I've had, you know, the pleasure of spending quite a bit of time with you um, over <laughs> the last, gosh, you know what, it's almost been two years. I, think. I know it time is going fast. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> it just really seems like yesterday. But I, somehow the, the pandemic accelerated everything. That fast forward button is stuck and it's just yeah, zooming yeah, by. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Slow down. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think there's an interesting discussion topic that you can mm -hmm. really bring to the table today. Okay. And, you know, I, I've been really talking a lot about great resignation, diversity, equity, inclusion, all these things. Mm -hmm. And it kind of all ties into what, what you want to discuss today. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to hear all your take on all those things. Well, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I've been watching the statistics and we both read each other's posts, you know, on social media and um, 10 million people, you know, resigned in the fourth quarter last year. Um, the folks that I know, my colleagues and friends that are in resume writing and headhunting and job search and placement, they're, they're busy as heck. Um, people are just wanting something else. I think part of it is coming back from, you know, the, the lockdowns and the pandemic, but part of it is this other trend that I'm noticing in the, the great resignation or the great reshuffle. And that is that work has not been human enough that, um, you know, the predictive index did a study, I think it was 2,500 employees and said, what is the one thing, you know, now that you're working remotely or you're working hybrid or you're coming out of the, whatever the lockdowns are that you wish your employer did more of. And they said, listen to us, you know, the, um, employees feel they're not heard. You know, everyone's been scrambling to cope. 
but there's been a lot less planning. It's like, how do we get by this month? How do we get through the quarter? And people feel a little bit left behind. So humanizing the one-on-one work experience is certainly something coaches are good at, helping people do, team leaders do. And the conversation about how in a remote or a hybrid work environment do you employees feel like they're still a part of something they're still on mission about the work they do you and i have talked in the past about the sunk cost of payroll i mean when you look at a company you sit down what's going on you're like okay here's the biggest check it's the one we write for payroll and mm-hmm. are you are you maximizing that money you know and if you're ignoring your people and you're not planning around how to get the most out of their competencies and their talent you're not maximizing your single biggest spend, which is payroll. So um, bringing a human component to that, I think, is is vitally important. More than ever, people are walking away from their jobs, not because of money, not because of title, but because they're not heard and they don't matter. And so that's kind of a big shift. And I think humanizing the, the workforce, having leaders understand that they need to take steps systematically to do that is something that uh, certainly you guys emphasize, but coaches can help with too. I was talking with a company in Buenos Aires yesterday, and they have a program where they call they call them spot meetings. And they're audio only and they're recorded They come with an agenda, so it's like a regular one-on-one meeting, but they encourage you to walk while you do the meeting. So you're away from your screen and away from your desk and just focused on what people are saying, just to kind of breathe some more life back into that one-on-one relationship that's kind of evaporated, you know, as we're in hybrid and remote work situations. So people are, the marketplace, of course, is adapting with this, but I'm encouraging leaders to adapt and to rehumanize their work environments. Yeah, it's interesting because like my, I have a daughter that's 22. So she's right in the middle of the Gen Z, right? Yeah. yeah. And she's just finishing college. Uh-huh. Um, she, she got her, uh, she's had a job in her job going to college uh-huh. while going to college. So kind sure. of a whatever you call that internship, whatever. Right. Work steady. Mm -hmm. And the one thing she said to me one day, she was like, you know what, dad, I don't even care about the money. Yep. I want to go somewhere and work somewhere that I'm happy every day. I want to wake up every day and be just happy to go to work. Right. And, and do the job that I've trained to do for four or five years and be able to contribute to the world, right? And mm-hmm. make a know. difference with how you're yeah. spending your time. And when you and I were coming up, you know, in the 80s or 90s, I don't want to say how old I am, <laughs> but um, when we were coming up, it was about, you know, you did what your employer told you to do or you hit the bricks. You know, there wasn't a permission set that's like, but I don't, I don't know if I, the work I'm doing is meaningful. You'd get this confused look from your boss like, and who cares about if the work is meaningful? <laughs> Do what I told you and earn your check or hit the bricks. So, but that's not today's world. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. not at all. It's, yeah. uh, it's a complete shift from that yeah. whole mindset. And you look at, you know, I... I keep saying it's this adapter die, right? Because the uh, it there's too many options now, right? Uh-huh. So uh, I'm 
uh, do a specific thing. I go work for Bob uh-huh. and I'm not happy with Bob. So uh-huh. I just say, see ya. And uh-huh. then I go work for Karen. Karen uh-huh. has everything that I want uh-huh. in a leader. Uh, uh-huh. I'm happy there. Uh, uh-huh. I'm valued all these things. Uh-huh. And now I've truly found a place that I want to be. And yeah. I really, really can compare this to real estate, right? Yes, yes. Because right now it's a seller's market. Absolutely. Well, right now it is an, an employee, employee market. market. It really <laughs> is. And, you know, there are people who have, I mean, I've talked to leaders who are looking at team engagement coaching or whatever they're talking to me about who say, I don't really understand what's going on. I mean, they're blind. And some of it is willful blindness and some of it is just, I don't even have any metrics to manage these soft skills about how people are feeling. And as a result, there are new programs like 15.5 or, you know, other programs that take the pulse of employees once a week to find out how they're doing so that you can be ahead of it, so that you can get ahead of it. And, you know, um, with kind of the collapse of sort of the middle of the executive pool Everyone is doing three jobs or four jobs. And so you don't have time to bump into someone at the water cooler if there even is still a water cooler and say, how's it going? Or did you catch the movie this weekend? I mean, that relationship piece where people feel like they're a part of a group or a part of a good company. You have to like create it now because even just the organic ways it used to happen, they're gone. So, yeah, it's it's helpful to have coaches say, well, tell me about your one on ones, you know, (laughs) tell me about Mm -hmm. how your team's engaged. Tell me about any metrics you're using at all to tell you their employee satisfaction. So and if you find those missing, then you have a clue about what you might do to stop that turnover. Yeah, I find it interesting, though, that we digressed so far that. We need somebody to tell us to interact. (laughs) Well, and you know, I think that if you talk to business owners, and I know you do this every day, Mm -hmm. you know, that old joke is still true. Why work for somebody else for 40 hours when I can work for myself for 90 hours? And, you know, (laughs) small business owners, it's like 18 hours a day, you know? And so it's like, where am I going to find the time to chew the fat with Lucy in accounting? Like, how is this going to happen? And so like everything else, we turn to software, we turn to other things, we turn to scheduled. I mean, take a walking meeting for 10 minutes and Lucy will remember it. So, but you do have to have a coach who's like, I'm up to date on this trend and all the new tools to make it work for you. If you want to dial down, you know, um, the people leaving your company, the cost of replacing them. So yeah, like you say, adapt or die. And there's some human adaptiveness that's uh, helping keep people stay on board versus turning them over right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, you have some of these conversations with some of the uh, like older boomers, right? Yes. Yeah. Like my dad, I have a conversation with my dad. He's, he's 70 two this year and even my neighbor he's one of the ex-CEOs of Oracle and he's going to be 81 this year and they don't get it at all no zero it's like what's all this damn woo yeah yeah exactly (laughs) whatever just coming to work and just tell me why I care about what Sally in accounting is thinking (laughs) tell me why I care about that don't I have an accounting managers whose job it is to care about that Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's just not the world we live in no. anymore. And that's well, and where the adapter die comes. It's like marketing, adapter die, right? So it's those the, those turnover costs are real. And um, you know, having to retrain people, you know, the average person I think I was reading the other day is five thousand dollars to retrain. In an office job, it's five thousand dollars to retrain them on how to do everything they're supposed to do. And so um it's expensive to not pay attention to this. And so just as you guys do with your advisory, you're like you're going to stop burning the money you set on fire every month. You don't even know you're doing it. And then you're also going to make more money. That turn is a twofer. We quit burning money and we earn more money. That's a bigger stack of money. And, you know, why people should talk, you know, to the advisory board. So, so the same about employee retention and um, maybe having a coaching perspective about how to enhance the humanness of what's going on, even if it's just the money about talent costs, you know, the sunk money for your headcount and getting ahead of that. So, yeah. And that's a real thing. I mean, you know, you can be in the higher fast fire fast mentality um, uh-huh. in, in some business models, but that's not the majority, right? Right. Um, that's not right. the majority, even low level corporation or hundred employees or 50 employees. There's some genuine cost in that. Right. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, it has a ripple like effect too. It. You know, there's a client I'm working with who's uh, manages a lab that grows rice, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in her laboratory people, they had one uh, employee who did this performative quitting. I don't know if you've seen that people mm-hmm. who quit and then put it on TikTok. You know, sort of the modern day version, take this job and shove it kind of thing. And um, so, but the ripple effect of this one unhappy employee who'd been promoted three times, um, but she decided she had a better offer and she was going to stick it to the man on her way out the door. The negative uh, ripple effect on three other people that were left behind, it took us two months to recover from. And so it's not just losing the one person, it's what happens to the the team morale, to the esprit de corps with the people that are left. Um, and so monitoring that and paying attention because it is your largest, largest sunk cost. You know, we yeah. just don't think of it that way. So, Well, not to mention it's our biggest asset because they're the ones that interface with the customer. Yeah. And if I'm going to pay this guy $85,000 a year, why don't I get 85 or maybe $90,000 out of them? You know, it's like, what do do I do to to leverage this? I have to pay a little more attention or hire somebody who could pay more attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember who it was. It was a mentor of mine. And years ago, he said, you know what, when it comes to employees, you don't have to really care. But you better act like you care. Yeah, yeah. Right? Even if it's just software. You know, the mm. one of the funniest stories of a client using 15.5 is this woman. She said she was tired AF. That's what she typed in in her weekly update. And so uh, one of the managers said, like, are you okay? And she laughed and she goes, I'm studying for finals. And so I'm just burning the candle at both ends. But what she appreciated was somebody read her comment and circled back to her. It's like, wait, this we said this was a feedback loop. It actually is a feedback loop. They're paying attention to how I'm doing. And it was, she typed it for 30 seconds and somebody read it for 30 seconds and then pinged her on Slack and she's fine. So it's not like it takes a lot of time but you can put systems in place where people feel looked after a little bit and um, it keeps them on board 
there there is a little element of you got to make an effort Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure or you know accept the cost of the turnover and um it's very expensive because it's not just the cost to replace the person it's also the cost to everyone else who's now working at half speed because nobody cares anymore that's your real Mm -hmm. cost and it's hidden so yeah for sure well, I, I'm curious because uh, part of this, why we're doing this series is, mm-hmm. you know, to help the younger generation of CEOs that are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not have to take those arrows in the back, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. at least not all of them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what's something, uh, a business struggle you could share with the audience mm-hmm. that you've been through personally in your own company mm-hmm. and then how you adapted and overcame that? Well, I think um, a pretty common challenge I find that I um, had to meet a couple of different ways over the years is getting help when you need it. Because, you know, I'm self-driven, I'm an entrepreneur, I'll figure it out. It's faster for me to just do it. You know, why do I have to explain it to somebody and then follow up to see if they did it when by that time I'd have it done already? And so this idea that, you know, uh, if it matters, I should be the one doing it. Um, and then that, that limits how much you can get done to what your bandwidth is. But while you're doing it, it just feels like you're taking charge and you're powerful. Instead, you're missing the leverage of have somebody else do stuff you don't actually have to do. And so you can grow three times faster, five times faster. If you can leverage the time and talent of other people, simple things like I hired a nanny when my son was eight. And um, that gave me three nights in my mortgage company that I could stay in underwrite loans during a crunch time. And I was getting 2000 bucks a loan for the company. So I'm like, well, let me see. I'm going to pay her 500 bucks this month. I'm going to earn, you know, $20,000 more. This is a plan. I'm going to go hire a nanny. And my son loved it because she was a beautiful blonde and drove a convertible. And he was the most (laughs) excited eight-year-old, you know, in elementary school. And uh, they would line up and watch Brian's nanny pull up into the driveway to take him home three (laughs) days a week. But for me, it just was a math decision and I had to give myself permission to get some help. So even if it's somebody to pick up my son from school three afternoons a week um, or hiring a virtual assistant, whatever it looks like. How could you leverage your time and your bandwidth so that you can grow? Because doing it all yourself is a stopper on what your growth is. That was one of the big lessons for me. Yeah, yeah. And I I always compare that to staying in a visionary role versus an operational and tactical role. Yeah, it is hard to give up doing it yourself. It is. It's hard to stop being the cook in the kitchen and just taste the food. But that way you get to own four restaurants instead of one. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it really is when you think about it, once you let go, it yeah. feels so good. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, you also oh. find out you're not so special. Other people right. can do that stuff. You thought only you could right. do. <laughs> it's like, actually, 80 percent of that somebody else could do. I don't need to drive to pick up my son at school or other right. things, underwrite all the loans and so on. Yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting for sure. Well, thanks for that. Um, and kind of closing things out here i like to ask this question if you could have had anybody that you wanted on this call today okay friend family mentor uh whatever dead or alive doesn't matter um and you could have asked them one question 
who would that be and what question would you ask? Well, since we're in the war room, I'm going to go with a general. <laughs> and uh, I think General Washington, you know, um, over the holidays, I remember doing some reading around um, Valley Forge in that terrible winter and um, the number of uh, difficulties. He did not win a lot of battles. He was not, you know, the Michael Jordan of the Revolutionary War. And um, but whatever it took, he kept going and he kept rallying his troops. And so there was that one, you know, turning point in the winter time, and they had no food and it's Christmas Eve and they're cold. And he rallies them to just fight one more day. And it was the turning point for the revolution. So I would ask, you know, General Washington, how do you dig down deep for yourself um, as you're facing maybe the brink of disaster or the 11th time it hasn't quite worked out the way you wanted and all of us entrepreneurs have been in that position more than one time um, and not only rally yourself but then find it within you to rally your troops and go fight another day so I think that's what I would do yeah 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 it's funny because you look at we all go through something similar in business, right? I mean, obviously that's a whole different ball of wax, but, but we go through similar things in business to where you have an idea and it's like, Oh my God, this is a winner. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you get punched in the face about 20 times. It's like, wow, that didn't work. Holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or, you know, there's the plan, like they say about war, the plan survives like the first chance you step into battle, and then the plan's like, what plan? Um, right. So, yeah, you turn over a vendor, you lose a key person, the market moves away from you, whatever those things are that we all deal with. Um, I think it's important to know internally how to rally, and then externally how to rally the others that you need to make the the deal work, the product ship, whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Myrna. I appreciate it. Oh, so all great that. to catch up with you, Jason. Yeah. Of course. And how do people get a hold of you? How do people get a hold of you to work with you? You know, a lot of people find me on LinkedIn, uh, Myrna King in Austin, Texas. Um, I think that's one of the best ways. I have a coaching website. I don't refer to it very much, MyrnaCoaching.com. But yeah, LinkedIn, MyrnaCoaching.com, probably one of those two ways would be the best way. Very good. Uh Well, Myrna, Thank you again for being here. It's always a pleasure to get congratulations to on the war room. It's so exciting yeah. to see your success. Yeah. yeah. It's always a pleasure to get to spend time with you. Good. Hey, thanks. All right. Thank you. Well, Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of war room moments and remember dream it, believe it and achieve it. This is Jason Miller, your podcast host signing out. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.